0: back everybody to what a beautiful podcast, episode three?
1: Episode me. three.
0: Somehow we made it to three. With me, Jack.
1: And I'm Andy, and I think every episode is gonna be how did we make it to this insert episode here? Number.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be like, maybe at the end of Stardust Crusaders, like, how how did we not just like stop and just dig our own graves? <laughs> You're like how how did we make it through eight chapters of Steely Dan?
1: Oh God! But it, if we make it, it, when we make it to Stardust Crusaders, it's gonna be a Oh, boy. There's gonna be some condensing going on there.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be like, all right. So there was this fight with Steely Dan. It was something, and now we're at Alessi. This was also something. Um. Oh, and now we're at the end. Sick. <laughs> nice. So um.
1: So yeah, so, welcome back, and I thought, uh, to start off this week, we could talk about some stuff that came out of Anime Expo, which happened this past weekend, which is cool yeah. if you were at Anime Expo, because- Which we had, were not. We, we were not there, unfortunately, but they did have a whole JoJo's Bizarre Adventure panel there, which had some exciting stuff. Uh, firstly, uh, Araki did a little video for the for the people that were at the panel where he was like did just, he? yeah he was just saying about how excited he was that uh that like people in america were enjoying enjoying jojo and uh he was just stoked to see more of it get released over here cuz you know it's always it's always had problems getting released over here oh yeah to the point where he made a little quip about it in the uh in defiance unbreakable
0: <laughs> <little bit done laughs> yeah with he sure and, did
1: uh rohan which was funny but uh it's funny to see how different things are from when that came out
0: yeah, we've definitely come a long way in like the four years that JoJo has, like entered the the zeitgeist of like the average anime manga right? like consumer. It's like not only been do, wild,
1: do Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency exist in an anime form, but they exist licensed in America with with dubs.
0: Yeah, like right? you go, like talk to someone from two thousand who's only like experience talking to other JoJo fans is in like some weird web ring and they would have called they would have burned you at a stake it's (laughs) been like
1: fucking crazy
0: yeah man I mean god bless viz for printing what they did of part three like back in the day
1: yeah that was like pretty much it but like we're about to come out like they're about to release the last volume of battle tendency Georgianians yeah, in America, that's so cool. and then all of parts one and two will be available to read in English that you can buy, and that's just so yeah. crazy.
0: <laughs> I wonder what it's like, like having a career, having a thirty-year career, and then like you're in your fifties, and then suddenly like your work catches fire in the West. Like
1: it must be really weird for him.
0: But yeah, uh, it, God, God bless Iraqi. But yeah, that's some pretty cool news. Um, Yeah, so like um,
1: he's real into it, and then the big, big news is the uh, the part three dub is happening. Uh, Yeah, it was always supposed to happen, but now the part three dub is being done by by Viz instead of Great uh, Company, instead of Warner Brothers. Like the part parts one and two dub, and the parts one and two were only released on DVD by Warner Brothers, and they still own the DVD rights to uh, the first season. But Viz will be putting it out on Blu Ray and there's no uh from what i know there's no confirmation if they're going to be redubbing it or using the same dub i know that they said they that um the actor that played dio in the warner brothers dub is the same dio on the viz blu-ray but nothing's for sure as far as i know i don't think oh, i don't okay. really think they're going to go through the trouble of redubbing it Because I still think... I think the Warner Brothers dub was fine. A lot of people were really bothered by the accents. I thought it was a cool experiment. And I think it... I think it paid off more than it didn't. And, like, there's certain characters that didn't sound too great. But some of them sounded really, really good.
0: Like, I That's, like, most anime dubs. Like, there's some things, like, that work really well. And other things that are just, like, ah, this voice could have been better.
1: Yeah. Like... Joseph's voice kind of like didn't sit right with me if only because I just never even though I know even though he is British it just never mm-hmm. sat right with me him having a British accent because he, he was always just the New York Jojo to me even if he was born and raised in England so it's just yeah it's one of those like like your personal idea of a character versus what it actually is and it just like it's just kind of like a like, a discrepancy in my head that just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, it's it's the kind of dissonance that's, like, hard to get over at first, but then, like, the more you listen to a, a voice, like, you, you get the hang of it. Oh,
1: yeah, I got real used to it by the end of uh, watching Battle Tendency dub. Like, I got, I, I got into it. I really, really liked Cars' voice. Uh, I At one point, I knew who voiced Cars, but now the name is just completely escaping me. But, regardless, Cars' voice was really great just very very good evil dude voice and uh stroheim was perfection loved it uh (laughs) caesar made me want to go up a freaking wall like i just wanted to smash my head into a bunch of bricks they gave him an italian (laughs) accent and it's just it's just the worst thing ever if i was to complain about one thing from that dub Excuse me!
0: Excuse
1: you, you say that jokingly, but that's what it sounds like. It's oh just my god! Like it, it probably j-
0: bothered you more because you know what an Italian accent sounds like.
1: Yeah, and it's not even like I really give a crap about butchering the language or anything. It's no, just no, no, It's no. just like it just it just sounds terrible and annoying. Yeah, it's
0: grating on the ears.
1: Yeah. So you know, whatever. They don't need to redub it. But moving on to part three with the Viz dub of part three, they're saying that they're not going to do the accents. And from what they announced, it's they're returning most of the cast from the original OVA. So Richard Epcar back as Joseph Joestar. I'm a big fan of that. I love Richard Epcar.
0: And, yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, Matthew Mercer back as uh, Joe Torre. You might know Matthew Mercer as Leon Kennedy in Resident Evil. 4. So that's oh yeah. So that's pretty cool. And I'm not sure about the rest, but those two stuck out in my head so i'm excited to have stardust crusaders dubbed because i would love to watch stardust crusaders again but i am way too lazy or slash don't have the time <laughs> to read the subs for that show over again because boys yeah. is it long and grating and i would really like to be able to just watch it in the background while doing other stuff so having the dub will be excellent
0: yeah especially for like the middle saggy part where oh, it's just yeah. like oh yeah we're on a we're on a road it's a egypt road it's the road basically the whole beginning of the
1: of the egypt gods part just like uh just, yeah it, it, it just great
0: we ran out of um tarot cards so now it's just egyptian <laughs> gods please understand
1: <laughs> so part three dub uh. big news other news mm-hmm. is that part four is being licensed by viz as well so it's streaming on their website and Odds are that will also receive a dub when the time comes. There's nothing, nothing was confirmed about that, but th- it's pretty likely at this point.
0: Yeah, and now all eyes to part five. Like, <sighs> Dude, what's gonna uh, happen?
1: Uh, well, I, I mean, like we, like we, me and you have said before, getting over the hump into part four with the anime just basically pretty much confirms in my head that they will be adapting everything.
0: Like, I mean, it would be very weird since the last chapter of Part 4 is, like, the first chapter of Part 5.
1: Yeah, they are uh, very much directly connected, so...
0: Yeah, that gets dropped real quick. Oh, yeah, it it's... gets
1: dropped, but, like, for the first couple chapters of Part 5, it's very much a direct sequel to Part 4. Yeah. But, uh, so, I Part 5, I think, is a pretty much a sure bet at this point. So, yeah. and, and from the looks <laughs> well, like looks like Viz is just pretty much committed to the JoJo brand at this point, so we'll see it all. God bless him. Yeah, God God bless bless him. So we're going to see that all over here. Also, uh, the Part 4 manga is being licensed in America. It's going to be part of Shonen Jump's uh, streaming, like Shonen Jump, like the web uh, magazine, that that whole thing that they have
0: Oh yeah, that subscription thing, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so we'll be probably be seeing graphic novels of that released in stores, which will be neat. Sick. Yeah, so that's a whole thing. And a funny little thing that they also announced is the book at Araki, the How to Create Manga, the Araki's book with the cover of him and Rohan hugging each other. And oh my God, that's, that's going to be thing? released in
0: English. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish it was like a time capsule from his career where like... The first chapters was him back in, like, the 80s, where, like, how, how to draw a head. Start start with a gorilla head, erase all the features, and then draw a, draw a human face on it. If you don't get it quite right, don't worry about it. So,
1: yeah, that was a lot of stuff that happened at this little panel. But yeah, all, all good stuff. Panel. And it's it really, really makes me hopeful about the, the continued future of Jojo in America.
0: Yeah, like... Oof. Uh, very right, very good so, time to be a JoJo fan.
1: Yeah, it is definitely a good time to be a Jojo fan. Real glad to be a part of the whole community right now. But yeah. um anyway, so we should jump right into Phantom Blood, get this ball yeah. rolling. So what we last left ghost. off where we last left off, it's time for the gang to go up against the big bully brute man himself, Tarkus.
0: Yeah, we're starting back in the room of dragon decapitation, <laughs> which is a—it was a very fun name to say. And the uh, the first page of this is also very funny because where we last left Team JoJo, they were all on this wind waker ass leaf, which was made up of a lot of other leaves. It was just really sworn cool. On a leaf. Yeah, going into these knight ruins, like where knights fought, and it's just Tarkus's face. Like superimposed over this ridge, and the one text box is, "How can they do this?" <laughs> <And> <laughs> he just looks like he's so so nonplussed about like. Mm. Tarkas is just so mad. He's just, he, like he's like a very the most one mad character, thing ever. Yeah. So everyone gets down into these night ruins, um, and like while they're drifting down, the like goes more into his past with the stone mask like after his dad like got turned into a zomboid or vampoid uh on like the ship uh he dedicated his life to figuring out like how to combat it so he went around like he eventually found um like this healing man that told him like that showed him the ripple that's like go go north to this mountain you'll find a team of people that just knows how to rip vamps a new one
1: just take just like going up to the vamps and saying no you cannot vamp here and no, I, this, I will
0: end you this is a no vamp zone <laughs> so you see uh zapelli's master and then suddenly cut back right as zapelli's like oh the, there is that prophecy ah, i shouldn't tell anyone yet not yet That would be too helpful. gotta
1: save it to when it's dramatically convenient.
0: (laughs) When it's thematically correct to say this prophecy, (laughs) I will do it. When the plot calls for it. And then we we got Tarkus coming in like the fucking juggernaut. Like, crashing through this leaf shield. Like, he just jumped from like a 200 foot cliff. And everyone's like, ah, he couldn't have survived that. And then he totally survives that. Of
1: course he survives it.
0: Uh, And... Tarkus is cr- like, they go into this weird room, and they're just like I gotta follow him in, gotta follow him into this this weird room. It kind of smells like death, and guess what? It's a trap. It is the trappest trap that ever trapped a trap.
1: Big surprise.
0: Yeah, it, this is the decapitation room, as we found out in the chapter <laughs> the de- title.
1: The decapitation room. God, God bless.
0: God, God bless the decapitation room. So basically, what Tarkus wants to do here, he wants to fight Jojo to the death in this decapitation room where both of them have these weird, like, battle royale collars on them, attached to chains in the room, and the collars are attached to each other by these chains. So, like, while you're fighting the dude, like, if you just yank the chain, he's probably gonna like strangle. It's it's a cool, it's a cool set piece. I gotta give him that.
1: Oh yeah, it's real a neat idea for a fight because it kind of just it it puts JoJo in a bad situation, but it also kind of puts Tarkus in a bad situation, and it makes Tarkus look all that more like threatening because he is just not phased by it like at all. He's oh just yeah, like, he could give. I am give... so confident oh, that I'm going to kill you that I will put this chain around my neck.
0: Yeah, it's so they both they're both chained to each other, but like. There's like a fulcrum in the ceiling, like the like the pivot point, and the rest of the team Jojo is on the outside, like Zapelli tries to punch his way in. That that works less than good. He he cannot punch his way through this solid metal door. <laughs> and Tarkus just starts having his way, just like quarterback tackling around the room, just ringing up Jojo by his neck. It's it's a bad scene. Like it's it's grim. <laughs> And he tries to send a ripple through the chain, but guess what? Doesn't work.
1: Oh, uh, oh no. Chain.
0: This, this particular ripple cannot go through the chain because it dissipates in the ceiling because the chain goes through the ceiling. Because we saw right. him do the ripple through like uh, Bruford's sword before. He just like blocked it with his foot and that was the end.
1: Well, clearly the rules of the ripple exist to just put constantly put JoJo at a disadvantage.
0: Yeah, it's like fucking Star Trek rules, where like the first epi- first thing in every episode, oh like transport is broken. we like, oh, do-
1: right, yeah, oh, uh,
0: beginning of the chapter. Oh, what's that? I can't use the ripple to do what again? Like- ah, shit. Or like e- even <laughs> at like at the beginning of every Doctor Who episode, ah, oh, TARDIS is busted. What are we oh, gonna well, do? I guess we're
1: stuck here. Let's go find some Wacky Misadventures to be a part of.
0: And Wacky Misadventures is exactly what happens. Because, <laughs> like, Jojo's still getting strangled, which is my new abbreviation for strangled. Um, I'll write
1: that one down.
0: Yeah, he, he's getting strangled. Um, Zapelli figures out he's, to open the door to get to the decap room, you got to pull this lever, which is in the decap room which was designed to only be opened by the winner who the the strong neck man who who could who could win
1: (laughs) the strong neck man
0: (laughs) the strong neck man that that's the winner here so (laughs) (laughs) Zappelli and speedwagon but like suddenly remember like oh shit we got this kid here like
1: oh right i you know I managed to forget about him in between
0: us recording these episodes. How, how could you forget about Poco? He is such a relevant character <laughs> with a deep and satisfying story arc.
1: Not only is it deep and satisfying, but it sends it sends shockwaves throughout the entire JoJo mythology.
0: Oh my god! In part six, like <laughs> it's like, man, you remember Poco? Yeah. The Saint way to Poco. heaven is through Poco. <laughs> oh Christ. <laughs> So Poco gets to be in his boss, like I'll go through the hole in the wall that only I can fit through to hit that lever, and we get like pointless backstory about kids picking on Poco to see that like he was always a coward. So this, is, so that was a very quick and convenient way of injecting character depth, I guess. Like, and you see that he has a sister, and she'll become relevant later on in. And she's way cooler than Poco is. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so he goes through the hole in the wall. It's like yeah, da 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 da. Tarkus is really pissed. He's like, "I don't allow interferences." <laughs> and Joe, <laughs> yeah, that's exact. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly that's, what that's, he's. Look at the panel, word for word. I mean, he says, "I don't allow interferences." I got it mixed up. Excuse me. Um. Povo, nerfed. Um. So, in what is like one of my favorite <laughs> pages of this entire chapter, like Tarkus just straight drop kicks Poco's face into a wall. Right. And like, ah, man, Poco doesn't die here, but he should. Oh like, god, it yeah. The fact that he survived
1: that is is like one of the most ridiculous things to ever happen.
0: Oh yeah, like he. <laughs> He's spurting blood from everywhere.
1: <laughs> like literally everywhere there is to spurt blood from
0: he's spurting blood. Blood is coming out. <laughs> and it's very, it's very bloody. So Tarkas drops kits drop kicks the kid drop kids the kick kid <laughs> into the wall and like he falls onto the lever that he needed to, by the grace of God. And Zapelli comes <laughs> Zepelli comes into the room and he's pissed and this little sliver of Tarkus's face just like the same kind of mm. <laughs> it's very <laughs> it's very good. Tarkus has some really good faces here cuz while Araki didn't quite nail anatomy like at any part in Phantom Blood, he got very good at funny faces. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so now perspective is back in JoJo like Joe just trying to figure out what he can do. Masters of Pelli tries to get in there, and then we finally find out. Like, well, finally, like the prophecy we learned about two chapters ago finally comes to pass. Like, we learn about it, and
1: oh yeah, we learn so... about the, we learn about the prophecy literally as like I love that. Like the second it's about to happen, it's just like yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, there's a prophecy happening right now.
0: Yeah, and Iraqis like penchant for uh zipping back and forth between flashbacks and uh present day. It's like it's in full force here. Cuz now we go back to Zapelli's master that we don't know the name yet, but we will. Um oh wait, actually it's right here. It's Tom Petty. This is Master Tom Petty. Um
1: one one of my favorite uh one of my favorite <laughs> musical references in JoJo is the fact yeah, cause it's that just the Tom master petty. of the Ripple is blatantly just named Tom Petty.
0: Yeah, he's Tom Petty. You could, like, Tom <laughs> Petty, but no, that's bullshit. It's Tom no, Petty. No, it's
1: Tom fucking Petty. And... Yeah. <laughs> And Straits, and, the pro- and what's the other guy's name? I always forgot the other guy's name.
0: Dyer, because it's Dire. Oh, Straits. Oh, right,
1: so yeah, Dyer and Straits, yeah. <laughs> oh my so, god. They might as well be the fucking Heartbreakers.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see those fuckers in a couple chapters. They're fun. <laughs> um, so Tom Petty's like, yeah, here's the prophecy. When you go into this death room, and, like, a kid goes through the hole, and there's two dudes fighting, then you're gonna die. And <laughs> it's so <laughs> specific to this exact situation. <laughs> oh man
1: tom petty's just like uh, it's almost like someone was writing this from the future
0: yeah <laughs> i mean fuck maybe maybe part eight's just gonna be go like all dark tower metafiction, and iraqi's just gonna be a character I love like, the like i'm writing we're, part we're... one
1: i love i love the idea of us always like oh maybe part eight will explain all of this like <laughs> It's always just like We think of something weird in Jojo Like oh maybe part 8 will explain it
0: <laughs> Look If if Araki can get away without explaining Why there were two uh, part 4 Josuke's at one point uh, Whatever <laughs> Whatever So Zappelli accepts this prophecy That will lead to his death And he goes up, goes up to fight Tarkus And what do you fucking know It does not It does not work Oh, and God, it, it does not go well at all. <laughs> Everything people, goes wrong. People having a worse day than JoJo, which is the new segment, people having a worse day than JoJo. And in <laughs> here it is definitely Zapelli. Oh, God, Zapelli's <laughs> like having the worst day. Yeah, because what Tarkus does, he tangles him up in the chain in such a way that he pulls it and just cuts Zappelli in half. Like, literally in half, in three pieces. Yeah, because it's like top half minus like l- minus upper arm on yeah. one arm, and then his his legs.
1: <laughs> and Zappelli's plot armor is so strong that he somehow doesn't die die right away. He somehow no, he... sticks around to talk to JoJo for a minute.
0: Yeah, because. What Zappelli now does is give JoJo his last, final ripple, like the culmination of his life force up to this point, which is a cool plot device. I like it a lot.
1: Oh yeah, uh, and it lets, and then we get we get Super Saiyan JoJo.
0: Yeah, we, we get Super Saiyan JoJo, which is basically JoJo, but now he is nude, <laughs> <laughs> and that is a fact. Yeah. Because he receives the ripple, and his clothes explode off of him. Like, he's still wearing his pants, and I don't know how that works, because, like, it clearly shows the ripple going into his entire body. Like, but that's neither here nor there.
1: Part 8 will explain it. Why <laughs> Why did Jonathan's pants stay on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. Jonathan's
1: pa- pants is the big bad of JoJo. <laughs> <Charlie. laughs> oh
0: my god. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit anyway um, so yeah Zapelli's is th- going to be dying soon um, now he looks like an old man with all white hair Jojo receives the ripple he's glowing and Tarkus is about to just like crush the rest of Zapelli, but then Super Saiyan J- Super Saiyan Jojo rips apart the steel collar like it was made of paper
1: oh god yeah he just he just tears that shit off
0: yeah, he's like, "Fuck this! I have had the worst day. I'm I'm turning into Kenshiro right now, and there's nothing you <laughs> can do to stop me." Because now he literally
1: goes full Kenshiro in this scene, just like his looks, what like his like ridiculous strength, just full Kenshiro.
0: Oh yeah. So JoJo is remains nude, his collar is off, and he he just starts beating the shit out of Tarkus. Like, Tarkus throws a punch, Jojo splits his arm down the middle. Like, yeah, now his arm is two pieces of meat. Like, just... <laughs> oh, so gross. God. Part, part, parts of Part 1 give Part 6 a run for, like, the grossest Jojo part. Like, easy. It's... Well,
1: uh, Part 1's got some, like, like strong, like, like in-fight gore. But, like, yeah. it, it doesn't quite have the body horror that Part 6 has. Fair enough,
0: fair enough. <laughs> so, Speedwagon's like, holy shit, Jojo is about to kick the shit out of Tarkus. And, guess what? It happens. Like,
1: Yeah, he, he absolutely kicks the shit out of him.
0: Just, like, double punch to the face, Tarkus, like, just melts and evaporates into dust. <laughs> and that's the end of Tarkus. Thank like, God. Yeah, it was a nice little power-up that uh, Jojo got here. And Zapelli is somehow still alive. Like, still alive, has a really touching, um, like, goodbye scene with uh, Jojo. And something I didn't notice, like, they cremate him, like, right there on the, uh, like, the Night's Ruins. I never noticed that before.
1: Oh, yeah? I, I guess I didn't notice that either. They just, they just like, light-, light him up right there?
0: Yeah, because the last three, like, bottom panels... Like, Starry Night, a picture of a lit torch, and then, like, a funeral pyre. Like, just on, like, smoke. It's... I never noticed it before.
1: Yeah, me neither.
0: Yeah. So, now we move on to another, like, gear shift. Like, we've been steadily shifting gears from, like, Chapter 1, is first gear, and then, like, first fight with Dio, second gear... And now, now we're about to shift fucking right into fifth gear. Yeah, <laughs> like we're, we're
1: like now definitely on that that way out. Like, this is pretty much like the beginning of the end right here.
0: Yeah, this is the home stretch. Like, it's it's a sprint from here to the end. So, Team Jojo uh, is following Poco back to his home village. Um, runs into like, uh, a townsperson's like, what's going on here? Oh, it's it's fine here. It's like, Poco, shouldn't you be home by now? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And they all think the city <laughs> is fine. And then, like, the funniest sequence of panels. <laughs> like, the townsperson's tongue just, like, goes all the way down, and then his head makes a complete 180. Yeah. And It's just like, Verp.
1: guess what? And everybody is zombies.
0: Yeah, everybody is zombies. Everyone is a vampire. Surprise! Yeah, the surprise is like, this man is a vampire. Or a zomboid. Both. (laughs) And Jojo just grabs his tongue and just sends a fucking... Just, like, overdrive into it. And just defeats him. Easily. Oh, yeah. Like, good way of showing that Jojo is just, like, above and beyond what he was before.
1: Yeah, like, Jojo at this point is basically just, like... Even as strong as he came off when they he fought Dio in the burning uh Star Mansion, now he's like literally, like that. That's a joke at that at this point. He is oh yeah,
0: easy. So now we meet this rando who comes in, starts picking a fight with JoJo, tries to do this weird like split attack, and then JoJo just like headbutts him in the head. It's like (laughs) no, I'm done with this. This guy tries to use Thunder Cross Split Attack, which is a stupid name.
1: Y- yes, it is.
0: And we find out that this man is dire and was a friend of Zapelli's for 20 years while they studied under Tom Petty. And then another man called Straits who never shows up again, that's for sure. We'll never see his, like... Um... So, we find out that Zapelli, like, asked for help from these dudes, like, knowing that he was gonna die soon and that JoJo would probably... Probably need some help. Like is that a yeah, fair statement? A yeah. <laughs> like, this this dude might need some help defeating these Zomboids.
1: And that's, you know, get help from your old your old pal Straits.
0: Yeah, you your know? old pal your old pal's Dyer and Straits and Tom Petty. It's like, <laughs> we're gonna sing you a song.
1: <laughs> it's everybody it's the mashup that nobody asked
0: for. Yet nobody wanted. wanted anyways. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't notice this, like, like, rereading part one is very fun because you pick up things, like, weird style things that you never noticed before. And when Dyer is introducing Tom Petty and himself, like, he is in front of his text bubble, and I've never seen that before. Weird. Yeah, like, he, like <laughs> it's very strange, but it's very funny. Um, and then we cut to, like, a very horrifying scene. And with, um, D- well, we get a full, nice full pra- page spread of our va- favorite vamp boy, Dio, just like living it up in a castle somewhere. <laughs>
1: Hashtag vamping out.
0: Hashtag vamp life. <laughs> Hashtag vape life.
1: You think Dio vapes?
0: Oh my god, Dio so vapes. Like, like
1: I think it would, like, I, I, that's like the most absolute, like, headcanon of all time. D- Dio vapes.
0: Oh my, like, when he was living in Egypt, he totally, like, was on the hookah every day. He he just living it. He hookah he, like, hookahed, hookahed, with Poochie, like, every goddamn day.
1: I, I think hookah counts as vape. I think that's fair. Yeah,
0: it's basically vape for people with too much time on their hands. <laughs> yeah, who, yeah. You know who you are. Yeah. So Sit we around see this weird just
1: weird fucking pipe and just yeah, let's sit around this like pipe, light hour. some
0: coals on fire and like get really sick. <laughs> cut off
1: oxygen to your brain for a while.
0: Yeah, I feel I feel like getting getting strange.
1: <laughs> at least at least smoking a cigarette is more efficient.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, if that... sure. Sure. <laughs> All right. So after we see Dio living his vape life, um, we see him crush across. So we already know that like th- these aren't these aren't your grandpa's vampires. These are they're basically just like zombies, the- allergic to the sun and the ripple, which is part of the sun.
1: Yeah, it is, is kind of family. like a weird mix of like a standard zombie and and like vampire weaknesses, which kind of yeah. makes them like incredibly weak. Because they have all the stupidity of a zombie with all the strange weaknesses of a vampire.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's weird. We never see, like, Holy Water Tried, but we can probably assume it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, who even knows, like, if that even counts in the JoJo universe. They never really touch on that.
0: Yeah, so we get back to the horrifying part where this woman is begging Dio not to eat her child. Or, like, have any of his other vamp friends eat, eat this child. Which is cool. And then Dio turns her into a zombie. And then she eats her child's face. I love and that it's, part. That, it's that, just that like...
1: Part, that little scene. like the If any scene will ever convince you at, at just how absolute pure evil Dio is, like if you haven't been convinced yet, that will convince you. Because that's sure... Yeah. The, at the, a point where I was just like, Jesus Christ, Dio is just comically evil. Like...
0: Fair, yeah, just like <laughs> meh. like
1: just complete, absolute no sob story, no remorse, evil.
0: Yeah, like if he had a mustache, he would be twiddling it, just he like would twirl meh. The shit out of you chose this yourself. I said we would never touch it. Not that you would never touch your yeah, child. He thought <laughs> he was so
1: fucking clever.
0: Oh God, he he was probably like just super about his wordplay. <laughs> And this scene is, like, so much better and worse when it's in color. Because it's just, like, you're treated to this full-color image of this woman, like, tearing off this baby's face. So... (laughs) Back to Team Jojo and Poco. And... Poco realizes that his sister is gone. That she's probably been taken by Dio. Like, the rest of his family's cool. But the title of this chapter... Andrew, do you do you want to you want to say the t- title can, of this chapter? Can, can, I,
1: can I say it? I, are you sure, you, Jack? I think I, I, I think I, mean, he, I think I can take on this responsibility. I think you've got it. Okay, so the t- the chapter is called The Monster Doobie.
0: That is correct. And <laughs> there should be a comma in there? Um there is not. It's just The Monster Doobie. And it's <laughs> very good because this is a two-page <laughs> full spread. Of Dio hanging out in like his attic with these weird cat men that we never figure... Part 8 will explain it. But he probably <laughs> just like put people heads on cat bodies and he was just having fun. And he put a cat head on an owl. And it was very... <laughs> he's, just, and the- he's
1: just being... Like he had to have been smoking several doobies for this well, to make any sense.
0: You look at this scene, and the way the light like, is in the room, it feels like he's just been hotboxing the shit out of this attic, like, <laughs> all day. Like, he doesn't want his mom to find out, so he's in the attic, just, like, with his with his weird cat people <laughs> friends. Just like, yo, cat bird, you want a puff of this? It's super dank. <laughs> and so Catbird's who, like, who, 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 was, who,
1: actually, who was Doobie? Doobie is... It, there's a monster named Doobie, right?
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, we see him um in this chapter. Hence the title, Monster Doobie. This will probably be <laughs> last chapter we cover. I just wanted to get to the Monster Doobie just because...
1: Oh, we're, we're here. We're in the Monster Doobie.
0: Yeah. So, they realize that... Uh, Team JoJo realizes they need to go get Poco's sister while they go to Dio. And, like, Dio's antagonizing poco's sister because he's like a little shithead I'm like his cat men are like all hissing and spitting at each other and her it's it, it's just a weird scene because these these human-faced catmen terrify me andrew <laughs> they tear they, cut, they
1: cut to the core like just yeah just real deep
0: Araki looked into my nightmares and pulled out these cat men but <laughs> Poco's sister, who is way cooler than Poco, just slaps Dio in the fucking face, makes oh, him God, bleed. Yeah. She, it's she, she so a... cool. Yeah, Ugh.
1: Dio Dio is fucking punked by this girl. Like
0: it, Yeah. <laughs> and then he summons the monster Duvet. The monster <laughs> duvet. duvet. It's a very big duvet. Like I it's a special order item from Ikea. Like <laughs> It takes it takes many goose feathers, um, so this is just like basically Tarkus. If Tarkus had a bag on his head and was like very wet, like he's a very wet monster.
1: I I like that. He's he's wet. He's very moist.
0: Yeah, he's a moist boy. <laughs> <laughs> moist he's boy. Dio's special moist boy, <laughs> and then. <laughs> What? Oh God!
1: <laughs> my name is Dio, and this is my moist boy. There are many others like him, but he is mine.
0: He, this is mine. Hi, I'm Dio, and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, Duvet is about to get all weirdly physical with Poco's sister, and suddenly an anvil comes out of nowhere and pierces him in the fucking skull. Swag. Like, It just, and we zoom out to see that, like, Team Jojo is at this convenient skylight, and that Jojo just pitched an anvil. Just, like, nothing. It is very cool. I love Jonathan
1: so much. He just gets it done.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we discover that Duvet has a bag over his head because his head is also made out of snakes. Like, this time the surprise was snakes. It won't often be snakes, but this time time it was snakes. snakes. Yeah. (laughs) And all of the snakes bite Jojo at once, but he's able to spurt out the poison using the Ripple, and that's fun. That's that's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> so Due has a bunch of snakes in his head. They all launch at Jojo again. He grabs them all between his fingers because he is very good at the Ripple at this point. Oh, he's, yeah. He's the number one Ripple boy, and he uses the Ripple... To command the snakes to bite Dubé, like, all at once, and somehow that melts him? Which, yeah. You know, the ripple. Yeah, the ripple. Good old ripple. It can (laughs) order now for your chance to use the ripple. It slices, it dices, it
1: melts. (laughs) It does whatever the hell you want.
0: It does whatever is most pot convenient at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, this is a very good page to end on, because... Jojo enters like the final boss room. Dio is silhouetted against the night, and Jonathan, I'm back from hell, Dio. Ah, so you are alive. Grrr. And that's the end of chapter thirty-seven. The monster Doobie.
1: God bless the monster Doobie. And God, that is rest a in peace. Damn good place to leave off because we'll definitely be able to get through to the end next week.
0: Yeah, cuz it's pretty much like from here to the end is all fights. Like And that that's cool. We like we like fights.
1: Fights yeah. at the end of the day are the heart of JoJo.
0: Yeah, clever fights, fast fights, slow fights, stupid fights.
1: All every f- kind of fight you can imagine.
0: Even fights that blow through snow. <laughs> <laughs> so now we shift into the gear for present JoJo fans who are watching the Part 4 anime and let's go play
1: stuff to talk about
0: yeah that let's play at the mangaka's house part that one. episode was
1: perfect it like, was
0: very good like like David that's Production. a pretty
1: like it's a pretty iconic chapter from the manga because just the introduction of rohan and like just particularly his introduction is so strange and so mm-hmm. out there and so has and I guess, like, the point is that it has, like, very, very little, like, effect on the rest of Rohan's character development throughout the rest of Dinosaur Breakable. Like, yeah.
0: He it's has, almost like...
1: like, he has this one moment in this chapter where he's just weird as fuck, and then he's just fine after.
0: Yeah, he makes a very good face turn. Well, he's still an asshole. But, yeah, he's still an
1: asshole, but he's not, like, actively trying to, like, like I guess, absorb people into his manga.
0: Yeah, he's not trying to, like, uh, take people's life energy to draw better.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, so I guess we'll just start from the top. So, um, so Koichi and what's his name, Jack? Refresh on memory.
0: Uh, not Tamani. Um, the man, the man with the wood doll. Shit. Okay,
1: I I I can never remember his name. It's not that important. So, the Koichi and the kid that try to like kill him a couple episodes ago. Oh, they're buddies now. So that that's just seems yeah. to be Koichi's life in a nutshell. So they uh they decide they find out that the author of their favorite manga, Kishibi Rohan, is actually living in moiro Crazy. So, weird. uh they decide like the bright young lads they are that they're just going to go to this random stranger's house cuz that's not weird or anything.
0: I mean, it's the 90s, like <laughs> if 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 someone moved into like their relatively small town that was just like really famous and it was like a secret, like I can, that's kind of believable. Like I mean, I could see a couple
1: of dumb kids doing it. It's just like Yeah. It's just like, oh man, this important person lives here. Let's go bug them.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's see what they're up to. So, so it's Hazamata. Hazamata, Hasmata.
1: yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's incredibly unimportant, so I don't feel bad about forgetting his name. But um No, yeah. So, you no, know, go on, Jack.
0: Yeah, so these two like little shit kids, um, go to the house where they think Rohan is, and they're like, Wait, should we go in? is it cool? And then Koichi's about to knock on the door, and suddenly the door rips open and the hand grabs Koichi's wrist. And then you just see this face half half engulfed in darkness, just like
1: Yeah, Rohan is just looking creepy as hell. Just like staring, at him, staring him down so hard.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the same kind of thing they did for uh, Tanya with the uh, Let's go eat Italian food. Yeah. Like, just the same kind of like, is this guy bad? Is, is, what's going on here?
1: That's like, kind of like the funny thing about Diamond is Unbreakable. Whereas, like, for the most part, all what the sand encounters they've had so far, all the people that they fought either up have, like, not been killed and just ran away or ended up, like, turning face. Unlike uh, Stardust Crusaders, where they all just kind of died at the end of the fight and never brought up again.
0: Yeah, they were incapacitated. Excuse me.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Well, regardless, Iraqi just never brought any for, other than like whole horse that they never get brought up again. Whereas if it oh, yeah. breakable, a lot of the standing encounters usually just create long lasting characters, like or at least like short lasting char- characters nonetheless. More than or just
0: monuments. In in the case of uh the, the serial murderer oh, Angelo, yeah, like he's now yeah. just the town stone. Or yeah. like, so, like remember Enigma Boy, who just is a book in the library forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: God, so at the very terrible. least,
1: Iraqi uh, went through the trouble to like give these uh rando stand users like a purpose in the continuing story. Oh least. yeah,
0: it made so it, it made it feel more real.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm basically trying to say is that it just it just added to the the whole feel of Par Four that I think a lot of people like so much about it. But anyway, mm. so a Rocky, uh, Freudian slip, um, Rohan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Rohan is not a Rocky self insert, um, uh, much to the chagrin of anyone who reads it. And there are several author comments like on the volume dust covers. like, I'm not Rohan. Rohan's an asshole. I don't want oh, yeah. people to think I that I'm an asshole. I don't agree with.
1: I don't think that he's a self-injured at all. We already talked about this. but- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- regardless, um, Koichi and Hazmada are just like scared shitless because he just busts <laughs> yeah. through the door. And he's just like, "Who are you?" It's
0: <laughs> like, oh, "We're we're your fans. We're, please don't kill us. We we just heard stuff, and you're here, and we're here, and we like your stuff." And then Rohan's just like, "Oh." Okay, interesting. Come into my house. <laughs> and that's I'm, when Richie and Hazmata
1: made their second bad decision of the day. <laughs> We're already batting a thousand here. So they go inside. Yeah, second the house. of many. Yeah. <laughs> so they go inside the house and then Rohan basically just like invites them upstairs to check out a studio. And then they make the third bad decision of the day and go inside of his studio.
0: Yeah, and R- Rohan in this time, like, he's just talking about living in Morio, How he does all of his work himself because he's the best. And no one else is as good as Rohan is at, at manga. He is the best manga man.
1: Number number one manga guy, top manga man. <laughs>
0: petition to change the change the phrase mangaka to manga man ah <laughs> uh, man that's, that's sexist to like all the wonderful female manga, but whatever he's the manga man um, <laughs> and uh, he's pleased that they're fans um, he goes out of the room to grab some tea for his new number one fans um, and this is where they make their fourth fifth sixth mistake um, well
1: let's just say what they do is like ten mistakes in a row
0: Oh god, it's so many mistakes. <laughs> um, they find his raw manuscript and they want to read it because it's for their favorite manga, uh, Dark Pink Boy, um, which okay,
1: whatever uh, that is, yeah, you know. yeah,
0: which is fine, which is fine. Um, actually, I realized that like Dark Pink Boy, the character is Heaven's Door, like his his stand, like the, like the personification of his stand, which is nifty.
1: Oh, right, yeah, um, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so they read the, the manga, and suddenly, like, the room fills with stand energy, and it turns out that Rohan has a stand, and it's that when people, um, it's pretty unclear, like, throughout the series, like, when people are receptive to his work, or just, sh- like, he shows someone his work, uh, he becomes able to read them as if they were a book, and, like, alter things in this book like yeah, erase if he something
1: or erases something then it yeah be- it becomes permanent like it yeah just happens
0: it's like the most overpowered stand in the whole jojo universe
1: and thank god rohan has it
0: <laughs> thank god <laughs> so like both both boys get turned into book boys and rohan is like reading through their experiences um Besides, Koichi is a perfect specimen because not only has he had a very interesting life for the past three months, where he's almost died like three or four times, yeah. uh, which will turn into like ten times by the end of the series. <laughs> like
1: Koichi I was, gu- was definitely Araki's whipping boy in part four. Yeah,
0: Koichi is the dog of part four. <laughs> it's like how many times can Koichi get gutted? <laughs> Too many Just- times. So many, many times. times. Um, and then he decides that Hazamata is, like, a real shit shit boy, like, a piss Oh my kid. god. The,
1: the things he says to Hazemata uh, are so funny. They are so you know,
0: funny. He's, he, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a dirtbag. So, oh, he god, gets yeah. Hazemata out of there, like, and then he starts, he takes a page from Koichi's, like, Facebook, his, his... Yeah, his nice book but, is a face. <laughs> I can't... Oh, what other way is there to say that? It's <laughs> literally his face book. His book is... His face is turned into, like, a book and Rohan takes a page um, and I wish Which he was just, like... painful. I, I guess it's not, because Koichi wasn't really screaming past the fact that his, like, face was now a book. Um, and, like, I really wish Rohan would just, like, just... Eight, the page that he took out of koichi's face <laughs> just like this is mine now <laughs> it'd be very good um but then he writes in koichi's book face that he cannot attack rohan Kashivi um because he tries to pull out echo's act two doesn't work because rohan wrote in his thing and then you see uh hazamada and koichi walking out of the house like Nothing bad happened at all. Like, why don't we come here tomorrow? He was such a nice man. He gave us autographs. So you <laughs> you you find it, you realize that like Rohan erased their memories, and then Koichi yeah. gets home and realizes that he lost twenty kilograms. Like twenty kilograms is a lot.
1: Yeah, like that's not a joke. Like he he probably like he was like he looked weak. Like, they they drew him like he definitely looked different.
0: Yeah, like he lost forty four pounds. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's 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 a good chunk of boy, um, because <laughs> like this, they showed the scale and wasn't it like nineteen kilograms or something? I don't something know, like that. Yes, yeah, so, so Koichi already weighed less than a hundred pounds. I don't know, he's a small boy, but fu- but full of vim and vigor, um. <laughs> so then he feels next day he feels himself be, being drawn to Rohan's house like. Why am I coming here? I don't know. This is weird. All right. And we see him enter the house again and then Okiyasu and Joe Scare behind him is like uh Koichi skipping school? No dignity. That's that was my own my own uh, artistic license what I wish he had said. <laughs> um but yeah, and then that's the end of the episode cuz we have at least another I think they're just going to do this a two-parter cuz all that's left is Josuke's fight with Rohan. And that's it. Yeah. Which oh. is very satisfying.
1: Oh god, yeah. And there yeah. we have yet another great episode of Diamond is Unbreakable. Just knocking yeah. it out of the goddamn park.
0: <laughs> yeah, 10 out of 10 David production. Like, thank you like, so perfect much. perfect
1: adaptation of that chapter. Like absolutely perfect. It nailed everything that made that chapter so memorable. <sighs>
0: Yeah, like if you had told me in 2010, it's like, hey, you know that that anime company that made Bento? Well, they're going to make a really good JoJo adaptation, and the ending is going to be Savage Garden. Be like,
1: <laughs> It's like, it's going to take them like two or three seasons to really nail it, but they're going to get there, and it's going to be amazing.
0: You're like, okay, I'm a Dairy Queen, what, why are you telling me this here? <laughs> I thought you should know. (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) So,
1: with that, uh, I'd like to close out this week's episode with a little segment I like to call Stand Off. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I knew knew Jack would like that.
0: No. Yeah, I mean, I deserve it from, like, last week. Because Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> so this is also technically Jack's idea, but I'm putting my own little spin on it. So basically, what we're gonna do is me and Jack. Uh, we don't know what we're gonna say. But we're each gonna pick our favorite stand and why, and then we're just gonna argue about why we're either wrong or whether we agree or you know,
0: or just like, or just, just pick disgusting. a stand and like yell about them. Like yeah, basically, this stand yeah. could beat that stand. I don't know.
1: Okay, so I'm just gonna lead off with saying my favorite stand is Gold Experience Requiem, and it can beat everyone because it is oh. God.
0: Oh boy! I mean, <laughs> what? Do, uh, I mean, <laughs> what do I have against that? Um, what about what about burning down the house? How about that? <laughs> burning down the house, the Gold Experience Requiem.
1: I I I. All right, so let me tell you this much. So Gold Experience Requiem. Can just be like oh wait Burning down the house never existed
0: oh, Fuck You're right though <laughs> that's, why, that's why Gold Experience Requiem Is a sack of shit well, It's a fucking I, the only, Deus honestly, Ex the, machina. Only sta-
1: the only stand I can think of At the top of my head that might be able to beat him Is D4C
0: Yeah Like But Gold Experience Requiem like made a force field Around itself And D4C, to, like, do the really wacky stuff, like, needed to at least touch someone to, like, pull them into an alternate universe. Like, so I'm not sure if it could even get close enough. But, but,
1: D4C could definitely use the, uh, I mean, I guess Requiem could still probably negate this, but the only real thing I can think of is maybe if he can grab a Giorno from another, from a parallel world... And, and just like have them like mutually them. delete each other.
0: Yeah. That that'd be interesting. Like I don't know how that would shake down, but it probably wouldn't go well for anyone.
1: Oh god, yeah. Well, cuz I guess at the only point you can't you just have to kill Jorno somehow and like I don't really think that's going to work out for anybody.
0: Yeah, I don't think Jorno like by the end of parts uh 5 like Jorno can't even like be killed like like, oh, I lost my lung, all right, I'm gonna take this uh motorcycle handle, and it is my new lung. Hello, hello, new <laughs> lung. you were a motorcycle one time, and that's not you can't even say that's not like f- like close to what he did,
1: oh yeah, i mean all right, I, as much as I love part five and I love it a lot, Requiem is one hundred percent a Deus ex machina no like, oh, yeah. And like a pretty lazy one at that, but it was yeah. executed. It was executed really well.
0: It was very satisfying to see him kick the shit out of, uh, um, fucking oh god, Diavolo, yeah, Diavolo, man, he that that's a villain for the ages. Oh <laughs> no god, Diablo. I,
1: I I love Part Five. It's
0: so good. <laughs> I know, I know, you love Part Five. <laughs> I I'm looking at the like the list of stands. And JoJo Wiki did this pretty well. Like they're all colored, and holy shit! Part five stands are a nightmare to look at. Like,
1: yeah, they are so ridiculous.
0: Like, I, I didn't, I forgot about craftwork and little feet. It's just like, oh, they're they're nightmare people. Yeah, they're just perpetually like grimacing like um oh shit uh like hellraiser like hellraiser monsters yeah, yeah. Look, at, look at moody blues what what's going I mean, on with moody blues <sighs> moody blues looks like that like one of those things you would see in like the mutter museum where like oh yeah this man's muscles eventually turned into bone and this is what's <laughs> left of them and that's moody blues but
1: but to uh to put a long story short, if you're really, really into stands like as a concept, then you will absolutely love part five.
0: Yeah, because like they do some five wacky runs shit
1: wild with that idea. Just absolutely yeah. out of just into every corner of the outfield.
0: Yeah, out of control. Like, props to Narancia whose stand is just an airplane. Yeah. Like God bless that boy.
1: Pronounced Narancia, Jack.
0: Narancia. <laughs> orange man he's an orange he oh man is, anyway, is that how you our... say that is that the italian way to say that Andrew? yes narancia
1: and that's how they say it in like the video games they say it. oh narancia.
0: yeah because you have the the part five video game mr fancy boy mm-hmm.
1: So, you know what, Jack? I, I have the Part Five video game, and I have Eyes of Heaven, which is an awesome, awesome video game that any JoJo fan should play. Absolutely love it. You know
0: what? I I'm very content with playing my Part Three RPG over here for the <laughs> Super Famicom. <laughs> I'm like, sure that's I'm having too.
1: A... I want. I actually wanted to get around to playing that.
0: I-, I mean, I think I have the soundtrack from it for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but. That that's about, and I've got the PS1 heritage to the future. Russ didn't get me that.
1: Oh Uh, yeah, that game is awesome.
0: Yeah, that game's great. And then, uh, then you take a look at part six stands, because like, four part four stands are pretty cool. Like there, there's actually not a whole lot of them. Like
1: yeah, part four was pretty light on stands, and not a lot of them really stand stand out.
0: Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, Highway Star really stands out to me uh, as one because it just had a lot of good scenes. Like, it's yeah, the I mean, high- Chili
1: Pepper is always a classic.
0: Yeah, Highway Star Harvest was good. Um, Superfly, just because it's a tower. Oh, like, yeah. But then you go get to part five and six, and you see all these like wacky looking robot animatronic nightmares and i
1: I still don't think part six was able to live up to the stands from part five but it came pretty close yeah it it, it had it had like less variety but there was a few in part six that really really stick
0: out like limp (laughs) biscuit are you thinking of limp biscuit like yeah my stand makes invisible zombies
1: and like obviously like white snake is like one of the best designed like one of oh, my favorite yeah. designs for, like, a standard Punch Ghost stand.
0: It's a su- It's a super strong look.
1: Yeah. I'm not too big into Stone Free. Like, I think it looks kind of weird, personally.
0: It uh, evolves over the series.
1: Yeah, it definitely gets, it starts looking better later on, but in the mm-hmm. very beginning, I was kind of, like, just confused about what Stone Free was actually supposed to be. Is it, like, so is it the string or is it actually just a regular punch ghost or is it both or like where are they really going with this like is yeah. she just you know it kind of needed a little bit of time to really come into its own
0: no i got you like out of part six i i like weather report a lot i think it, oh, i like, like i
1: love weather report the character i love weather report the stand yeah That's a great package
0: and the fact that weather report the stand does not have an sas yet is tragic
1: absolute criminal and the sad part is it's probably never going to happen
0: no. Diver Down's cool. Um like Dragon's Dream was just a very very fun, like, yeah, my stand is a dragon that's kind of a dick. Like, he just talks to me sometimes and tells me what to do, but he'll also tell you what to do. He's he's a he's a dick like that. <laughs> and then Steel Ball Run happens and then you just like And, what then, and then it is just throws this? everything
1: you know about stands out the window
0: yeah it's like until
1: the end where they're just like nah just kidding the punch goes back
0: yeah it's like here's this man has a nintendo power glove and it turns things into a grid where he then throws them okay okay
1: because but, I, I love that about steel bar ron because he really tried to like not make generic stands and then it's yeah. like And then, like, by the end, he's like, okay, so, like, Tuskak 4 and D4C, like, they're kind of Punch Ghosts, but there's a twist. They're both really weird.
0: Yeah. Like, and looking at this list, I realize stands that never got named, like, have names. Like, did you know that Oye Kamova's stand is called Boku no Rhythm Wokite Kure? Like, because I didn't. Like... What what fun
1: fun stand fun fact that I meant to bring up but I forgot Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. remember remember how Dio can use uh can use um Hermit Purple for like five seconds
0: oh yeah because he was originally supposed to have like every stand
1: I don't know about that because from from what I know is that Hermit Purple is technically also Jonathan Joestar's stand. And that's yeah, what I, I read, read that too. Yeah, because the whole thing was that her purple was Jonathan stand, but he never he never like realized his stand powers, but mm-hmm. they were within him. So Dio was able to lift that out of his body.
0: Yeah, like it's brought it is shown in like the first few chapters of Part Three, which are already weird because it's such a tonal shift from Part Two to Part Three, and yeah. then and then it's never brought up again, like. Other things in the JoJo universe, it's not exactly a rare occurrence. <laughs> Party so- will explain it. <sighs> <laughs> Man, but yeah, stands are cool, and this was standoff with Jack, which and Andy. like
1: deviated far from what we originally wanted to talk about. But it ended up just talking about stands, and like that's cool. I love talking about stands; they're fun.
0: Yeah, stands are cool.
1: They're a great part of why JoJo stuck around for as long as it did. Because they're just so inventive, and they kind of just drive all the fights and the plot and everything.
0: Yeah, like other other mangas with like a similar idea, like helpful ghosts that um, do things, like Shaman King. They never had like distinctive designs and distinctive powers, because like they this. never
1: they never went that extra mile like Araki did with stands. Like Araki yeah. wasn't afraid to just be like, okay, so this one. Is like a time bomb, <laughs> or this one is a Venus flytrap, or this one is an eyeball, or yeah. you know, like Iraqi was never just like they all have to do be to this certain archetype. He eventually just like completely let loose, and that's what really kept the idea fresh.
0: Yeah, he he was he he's a man whose imagination knows no limits, and that's really why jojo's bizarre adventure i think has been able to captivate like people the way it has like generations because like the same people that read jojo in like 1984 like it's a different it's a different audience like maybe those people are still reading it today but he's been able to capture new audiences along the way and that's a really special like quality that i don't think a lot of other long-running mangas really share
1: Oh yeah, because the the thing is is like Jojolian may be incredibly different than Phantom Blood, but mm-hmm. at the same time it all still feels like one cohesive whole to me. Yeah. Like, it doesn't it doesn't feel dissonant, it just feels different.
0: Yeah, and man, all taken together as a whole, it's such a such a body of work. Yeah. It was cool that um in Rohan's studio you could see like different rocky mangas like you could see magic boy bt you could see uh bow you could see mm-hmm. gorgeous irene like all all like very interesting proto jojo works like i like magic boy bt a lot cuz the main character is basically like kid dio <laughs> it's very it's very fun and like not very long and they like kill nazis it's <laughs> oh that's cool. bit, a, bit of a foreshadow there
1: but uh, if th- I think we're going a, a little, a little long here, so go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, thanks yeah, for tuning good, in again. Good talk about stands. Thanks for listening to episode three, and then we will be back next week with episode four, where we're gonna finish off Phantom Blood, and we'll also mm-hmm. talk about the second part of the Rohan Extravaganza, and then maybe we'll also have some fun new segment, or maybe we'll just yell about stands again.
0: Who knows. Yeah yeah we'll think of something
1: yeah thanks guys we're always gonna think of something but anyways that has been what a beautiful podcast and we will see you guys next time Bye. 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 bye